All right, welcome back to another episode of House and Holtz, ladies and gentlemen, with your co-host Andy Waterhouse and Stephen Buckholtz. What's going on, baby? And we're coming live from, what do you want to call them? The uh, the dorms at Bellarmine, uh, yeah. Siena Quarto. Oh, wow. Stephen is doing GSP. The Governor Scholars Program, um, and uh, it's being hosted at Bellarmine University, one of the three campuses this year. Uh, so I'll be spending my summer uh living freshman year even though my <laughs> freshman year my dorm was at least two and a half times the size of this uh, yeah it's pretty so. small and like you're a teacher the summer break man H- here i mean this is just how great steven is he not only teaches year-round and the summer he's with the young the youth again and just rocking it like dude just take you're a break too kind just too, take a just break let's move on you're just too kind but the good news is we're finally back after six month delay an extended hiatus just going crazy with phd work and steven coaching and national board so it's it's good to be back it's great to be back and what a what a perfect day to come back on the day of the draft 2019 nba draft oh man we are so excited to get into free agency and the lakers and what happened in the finals and where to go from there. And uh, But I- before we get started, we have a special guest today. Finally, we've always wanted to bring people on to kind of chat about wit sports with us and, and be goobers here. But um, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Stuart, is here. And uh, Stuart, tell me just a little about yourself. Well, I am uh, about to actually start back up school myself. Um, but uh, you don't need PA school here in Louisville. But, man, I'm glad to be here. Excited to talk NBA. Um with the insane amount of news we've just had going on today. So. And Stuart, what, in terms of, we all, like, everyone knows that Stephen loves Cleveland. Like, everyone gets that, and that I'm a Patriots lover. Now, I know you didn't necessarily aren't, like, a team, you don't have a team, but where are some players you just love in the NBA? Man, that's, that's a good question. So I moved around a lot growing up, so I, I never was in one spot long enough to really claim a team. Um, but So I follow story, I follow players. I love uh, Steph Curry. He's been one of the most dynamic players I think he's had the biggest impact on the game of you know most players lately um, I, I love I'll say it LeBron I did not like LeBron early on but uh, you know I, I've loved the story around him lately um, Kevin Durant I've gone back and forth on uh, multiple times um, but honestly man I'm just a big NBA fan overall okay Okay. Oh, man, it's, it's going to be so good. So, Stewart's going to be coming in with us every once in a while because, you know, Steve and I just kind of get going and we don't stop, and this will be good to have a third voice of reason uh, to kind of just bring. I don't know if you can – I don't know if I can trust him as a voice of reason. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah, when he started with Steph, I saw the uh, Steven's face kind of just twist a little bit. Well, there's nothing wrong with Steph. But He's, here – an impactful player. He, he has is. made the game different. But he has. He has literally changed the game. All right. But first, before we get into the draft, we got to just recap the NBA Finals. Absolutely. What a kind of weird, slightly disappointing, but good Finals. I, I don't know what you feel in this, but like to me, I, I felt slightly disappointed by it. Like I was happy for the Raptors, and I was excited to see Golden State fall. But part of me just felt like it incomplete. I don't know if you felt the same. Um. I, I, I cannot share that with you. Well, because just be objective for once. Like, you know, just like take yourself I, I, I out of Cleveland. Be, I, I, it, ha- it doesn't really have anything to do with Cleveland. It's more of, you know, I just have a lot of admiration for how Kawhi Leonard goes about life. Like he's just doing his own thing. Um, he's just running through um, – 
teams. He just kind of does life at his own pace, at his own, you know, he doesn't he doesn't trash talk. He's like very quiet, streamlined. He's there to get the job done. And I don't know. I just I just I actually kind of like the Raptors. I mean, that they have like some a clean team vibe uh, amongst them. But I also I wanted to see what the Warriors would do without Kevin Durant. I mean, that's yeah. I can't not be objective when the Warriors, you know, in 2015, they beat the Cavs hmm. um, and then we had injury issues and then in 2016 we beat them and then they add Kevin Durant and then it was like a wash, right? Like wasn't even, wasn't even a competition the next couple of years. So for me, I just wanted to see how the Warriors would perform without KD. Um, it's very unfortunate that obviously he re-injured his Achilles, which is, uh, you know, could be s- talked about for a whole another 45 minutes, but um, yeah, I think you yeah. just really got a taste of the Warriors. And what they're like, and without two of their three best players, uh, yeah. And Kawhi, I mean, he—we'll never really know what happened with him and and Popovich and the Spurs. I mean, there's you know, there's always going to be rumors. There's going to be opinions on both sides, right? But I think this definitely for the average NBA fan, uh, just kind of, you know, his outlook changed dramatically with this this playoffs like he everyone knew Kawhi was great everyone knew he's like one of the best two-way players in the game right but for him to lead that team not only gets like I mean they went through the 76ers the Bucks and the Warriors like that I mean he just put them on their back and the 76 I mean his back was against the wall against the 76ers, the 76ers oh, you no know doubt. Like, that was that's a uh, NBA history like I changing my wife will hate me for this because she already hates you she i mean she does not like Kawhi leonard and she she's a huge spurs fan if you if you remember and she 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 couldn't root for him ever and so let's not forget that like Kawhi was also playing injured in the finals and for him to just end it like that it just erases everything that happened in the past well that's well i mean you just put it put him in more context yeah he's still injured and we don't know what happened with the Spurs. But, you know, Kawhi is the third player in NBA history to ever win the M- finals MVP with multiple teams. Yep. And only LeBron and Kareem have done that. That's a pretty big company. And furthermore, he's the first ever to win the finals MVP in both conferences. <sighs> you know, this has uh, – Kawhi could never play another NBA game, and I, th- I think he'd still – like have a cemented legacy as one of the best players in this generation. Yeah, I mean he's he's gonna go down if he continues this path right now. He can go down as like one of the best two way players to ever play the game. I mean, I think you can make the argument that he is one of the best. He is right now, best. currently, and I think now and in his prime, he is. I would say in his prime, he is the best two way player of all time. I I agree with you, but I like part of being like of all time is consistency. So like right. I need to see him do this again for another two or three years. He doesn't need to win the finals MVP, but if he can just remain peak level Kawhi for another two or three years and maybe win another finals MVP or win another chip, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's got it for me. I, I want to, I do want to say this and Stuart, maybe you can put your input on this, but um, I think we really saw how limited of an impact Steph Curry has by himself. 
And I say that only because he's like, I think it's just, it just pronounces how important it is to be, to be a truly dominant player in this league. You need to be able to impact the offense and the defensive side of the ball. And in game three, when Clay was out, it was game three, right? I think it was game three. Game three, yep. Um, and Steph dropped 45. So. He, he dropped 45 points, but he, like, they, that was their worst loss of the series. And Steph was by himself with Draymond Green. Um, and then the rest, you know, the slew of the rest of the bench players. But um, I think it just really showed that Steph Curry is flashy and scores points, but he's not. Like, he's a franchise player, but he's not the end-all, be-all player that you would want in a franchise player. I think you're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> nice. You know, when you look at the – so look at the Warriors before they added Kevin Durant. They were a um, puzzle that worked incredibly well when all of the pieces fit. Um, Steph was never that piece where, you know, they factored in defense. He has his role. He's going to score a billion points. He's going to spread like spread the floor. He's going to make their offense run. So when you remove all these other pieces, these people who are really designed to be the defensive component of the Warriors, it's a key piece that you just can't, you can't win without defense. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. They, they showed that there's for sure a weakness in the design of that kind of team. Yeah, and I think, I think you see that a lot with, like, Kyrie Irving, right? Like, Irving's, Irving's in the same boat. There's all this talk about how Irving destroyed the Celtics, but the reality of it is, you know, the Celtics were a much better offensive team with Kyrie Irving on the floor. Downside is they were much worse of a team <laughs> on the defensive side yeah. when he was on the court. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's the the case for the two-way player, I think Kawhi has made that case um, very clear that it is far more valuable to have somebody like that than a, while, yes, Steph may be a better offensive asset, look at the people around Kawhi in the finals. Right. Um, Pascal Siakam, for sure, most improved player. Right. Um, but that's not a, a household name that everybody knows. It's not a – Not Durant, at all. It's not a Clay Thompson. Um, Fred Van Vliet showed up, I uh, mean, in a yeah. huge way. So you've got all these names that – the only real, like, superstar name on the Raptors was Kawhi Leonard. I mean, some people probably could identify Serge Ibaka, but we all know he's kind of over the hill. And he used to be a dominant force mm. with the Thunder in the early 2010s. But now, you know, he's it, it's kind of over. So, um, you know, he had he the Kawhi had definitely a lot of B to B minus C plus players. You know, like no one is going to be much rated higher than like a B on that team. Maybe Kyle Lowry's a B plus, but no one else is 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 rated higher yeah, than that. But they all like there was a good point. Like everyone, on the Raptors, at least were on the plus side defensively, like. Everyone yeah. was a great defender. And so that allowed, you know, like if your shots weren't falling, you could at least fall back on your defense. Right. And that's what made them so good. So I think one of the storylines that we can pick up from this is this um, idea of the death of the super team, right? Like clearly in comparison, the Raptors are not a super team compared to the 76ers, for instance, which would be viewed as a pretty doggone close to a super team, right? right? Uh, the, yeah. the Warriors with injuries – Right. Um, you know, even looking at like some of the trailblazers and like, so like, is this super team idea even necessary? We went through that when we had to put, 
when C- Durant went to the Warriors, we're like, well, the only way you beat them is with more stars. Yeah, I think that uh, the Raptors definitely led showed us the path of depth and of just like one main superstar with a lot of great ancillary pieces around them. But I don't know. I think that when you think of a super team, if the fit, if the flow is there, then like the with the Warriors, you didn't have a bunch of like like Steph, Clay, and Durant. All they their their skill sets didn't really overlap. Like they were all great shooters, yes, but they were all different positions, and they all could shoot the ball, and they were all very selfless. And I know Durant obviously won his one on ones every once in a while, but for the most part, they're they didn't overlap with each other. And so I don't think that the, the Warriors are a very unique super team. Like with LeBron, LeBron's heat, that team wouldn't have, I don't think they would have beat the Warriors because LeBron and Wade overlapped in a lot of areas. And like people are saying that LeBron and AD, which we'll get to eventually later, like they fit with each other really well because there's not a lot of overlap. And I think that with the Warriors, that's what made them so great was that there was not a lot of overlap. I know I see the, the look over there, the look of interesting there, but I, I just don't think that the Warriors, they were, this is not the death of a super team. It's the death of them next year. Like next year th- is a redshirt year for them. They are, they're going to take next year off. And I'm wondering if like, do you just watch Steph's minutes and get make sure he's really healthy? Because you know, like there is no way they are going to make the finals or remotely close to the finals next year. No, next year... Uh, it's you a know, year off. That question that. is, you know, the Warriors take a year off. I mean, there's a lot of the free agency of Clay Thompson right, right. and Kevin Durant play a big role. And then even, even, even if they come back, even the extension, right? Even if they come back the next right, year's year off, a year off period. But even if, um, you know, Draymond is up for an extension this summer too, right? Because he's a free agent in 2020. So he could sign an extension, but then that obviously gets dictated. But I, I, I just need to say that like, <laughs> I don't think that LeBron and Dwayne Wade, like I think that a they their personalities and like their styles blended enough because they were young enough and they were like hungry enough, but like don't forget like LeBron at that point in time was so much of a force on the other side of the ball than he is now, and he's still a, a pretty good force defensively, relatively speaking. But like I just think that Dwayne Wade was a pretty good defender. He was, it was average to above average, right? He's better than Steph Curry, you know, and LeBron was one of the best defenders. Um, and y- y- there were other pieces to that team, right? Like you had Ray Allen to spread the sh- the, the floor. Chris Bosh eventually got to spread, right? So, like, I just want to pump the brakes a little bit on saying that the Warriors would kind of roll over and beat the Heat. I, I, that's just the point I wanted to make. Let's not forget that. <coughs> let's not forget that the Heat did lose to the Dallas Mavericks with just Dirk Nowitzki. Hey, listen, d- so. they had they had more than Dirk Nowitzki. Okay, <laughs> Jason Terry was a baller for about a year and a half, uh, and Tyson Chandler so was names, a monster. But all these names. So, do you think that the players on the Warriors? are just Jason Terry's and just Tyson Chandler's. I would argue that they have a lot better players than Tyson Chandler and Jason Terry. I'm just saying I I, I was always rooting yeah. against LeBron, so I, I was yeah. always going to be rooting for the other teams during those four years at that point yeah. in my life. So I, I can't really argue with that. Yeah. But uh, I, I do want us to take this um, – move on to the draft. Um, Good the point, Stuart. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> 
Um, maybe this won't happen again. But, but the draft is really important, right? Because now you're getting these playoff implications because the Warriors are clearly wounded, right? They're going to need a good year off. They're not going to be finals contenders going into the season. Um, and the draft has a big impact uh, sure. on that. For sure. I mean, I think and we need to start. I mean, yes, the West is wide open this year. And so, I mean, theoretically, you could look at <laughs> – I'm just going to leave the Suns out because the Suns never make it, and they're terrible right now, even though they have great players, quote-unquote. But let's – there's like 12 teams that are in the hunt for, the, like, that top spot. Um, but, I mean, with the draft, we I think we first got to start with Zion. I mean, everyone's talking about him. He's going to be the first pick. He's going to the Pelicans. Um Obviously, Stephen, you grew up in Ohio. Like you've seen, you've been following LeBron. I've been following LeBron. Like, in terms of just being of a prospect, when you look at Zion, his frame, his build, like you saw a whole year at Duke with him, is he the best prospect since LeBron? Um, I don't. I don't think he's the best um, NBA prospect since LeBron. Okay. Um, off the top of my head. I don't I can't think of a name, but I just feel like his skill set um, doesn't seem as well rounded, you know, and like LeBron has grown into a jump shooter and he was never a really good jump shooter. But like I think, you know, LeBron's finishing abilities is much, much, much higher than Zion's. Like really? I feel like Zion has. Yeah, I mean, did you not watch him power. last year in Duke? But 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 like how much I would I would incur, I would want to go back and somehow evaluate Zion's drives to the bucket and finishes at the rim. How many of them would be considered power versus skill and finesse? And on an anecdotal, I never really spent much time watching him. I would say that a lot of it is power. And LeBron was a twig when he showed up in the league. And so a lot of his was skill. And it is much harder for you to learn skill over time than, like, power, right? Like, you can put on – I mean, look at, like – KD has grown into like a grown man, like, right? You, you know, you just over time you can put on the muscle and you can learn how to sh finish stronger and become more explosive, things like that. But the skill set, the nuance of finishing around the rim, like Zion doesn't, in my eyes, he doesn't have it. I could be completely wrong. And his jump shot looks ugly. Just pure, it just doesn't look good. Yeah, but he's at least hitting threes already. LeBron didn't even shoot a three for a while. I mean, he LeBron was not a great jump shooter Don't for a long time. Don't forget that 2003, the league was very different, and the game was very oh, different. Oh, I agree. And the, and the three was not something that LeBron really cared but about. But the fact that I've like witnessed with my own eyes Zion hit multiple threes in big-time moments makes me I was question. at that UofL game, Duke game. I, it's something that's not something that can be brought up um, among Cardinals fans this season, but... Um, so I've got a question. So what what to y'all makes LeBron a transcendent player? It, what is that a certain part of his game? Is it a, is it his ability to add the three point shot? Is is it something within himself? What what do you think makes him the most transcendent? Um, I think I think it's honestly been his live up to expectations. Okay. You don't. He came in to the league with a world of expectations on him yeah, and and he lived up to it and i think that that plays a very large role in the fact um i think the other thing is that he had the skills and the athleticism he had he lived up to those expectations and and this is where i think zion does match lebron in his uh prospect status has been 
the media, the 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 attraction of the media, the storylines about him, this persona that like Zion is like this. Zion's this, this dude, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's the he's the marketable man um, in this draft that we haven't seen somebody with so much media pull since LeBron. For sure. And it's almost because of LeBron that he's getting so much media pull. Um, when I think about LeBron, I think of, yes, he's added all these different parts to his game. Yes, he's added his three. Yes, he is a physically dominant player. Um, I think the biggest thing to Zion's, you know, outlook is going to be can he make other players around him better in the way that LeBron does so LeBron whoever's around him he's going to get the most out of his teammates he's going to spread the floor he's going to get a lot of assists he's going to I mean it's insane how much he gets out of players around him my question when thinking of Zion is can he can he do that can he get other people to be better who are around him just by being on his team. Stuart, that is a very fair point, and I completely agree with that as you as you mentioned that. I mean, I think we've seen a little bit of it at Duke. I mean, look at their – I mean, with him, they were 28-1. and one. I mean, before losing to Michigan State in the – or, yeah, Michigan State in the in lead eight. But, I mean, he had talent around him. I think he will – his – Biggest question, like I said, Stuart, is really is is that and like can he actually like live up to the high like you said, Steve? And I think that if he does, I think he will be. I mean, I think, I think he'll be like I. I th- it, it it makes sense to me why everyone like he is the number one pick for a reason. Like he yeah. he deserves that. Like he he lived up to the hype already in college. Yeah. So like I know college and NBA are totally different, but the fact that he did live up to the hype, it's one thing to like go to college. And then, like, totally just bust. And he did it. Like, he lived up to the hype. And so that's why I think that he – I think the Pelicans could be a playoff team next year. I, 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 I definitely agree with that. And we can get more into that because – Let's get a second. But um, because the Pelicans have are, – are, their fingers on this draft are, like, all over it. I right? Mean, like, they won, they won the lottery, right, first of all. Right? That's a big deal. Because remember, this is the first year that there's been a change in the percentage right. likelihood for that to, for winning those those top four picks, right? So so the Bulls, the Cavs, and the Knicks were the three worst teams, and the Suns were the four of the worst teams in the NBA this year, uh, and the highest out of those was the Knicks. The Knicks are third, right? Uh, the Cavs fifth, Suns sixth, Bulls seventh, right? So the fact that the Pelicans won the lottery, right, yeah. and then. With the AD trade, which we'll get to as soon as we close with the draft, but with the AD trade, now the Pelicans own the fourth pick as well. I mean, the Pelicans could pull – they got three – close to three starters in uh, from the Lakers, and they have Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. And then now they've got two top five picks, potentially, or flipping one of them. And Zion's right? going to be a starter. I mean, there's Zion's no way he's going to go and he's going to play, right? right? So, you know – the I just the the biggest question for I think with this draft is what's going to happen at pick number four. I think the Pelicans trade it. I think they trade it for. I think they're going to trade it for a, a vet immediately. I think that they're not going to try. Tra- I don't think they're going to try to trade down and get more. Like maybe trade the fourth for like a you know ninth and tenth. I think they're going to trade it and get a vet immediately because I think that they. They're going to be in this unique position where they're going to be very young, 
but they're also going to be somewhat of a playoff contender. They may not like be a finals contender, but they're going to at least be on the. Pl- they're going to be moving forward in that direction. So, uh, here is my um, <clears throat> obligatory Cleveland post. So, oh, do you think? Of course, how likely do, do you think the the Cavs or the Pelicans, however you want to look at it? Because there's rumors of this. This is not just something that I'm making up out of out of nothing, right? So, what what do you think the likelihood of a lo- Kevin Love for the number four pick is? Because uh, the Cavs also have the 26th pick from the Rockets this year. They've got a slew of second rounds and other things that could compensate, right? Um, a, a straight up love for the fourth is not rational, right, <laughs> at all. But I'm just saying, no, David I mean, Griffin, Pelicans GM now. Good relationship with, with Kevin Love. Love. Yeah. Kevin Love would be a really good veteran presence and a good oh, yeah. compliment to Drew Holiday. He's a different player than Zion Williamson. I mean, it's it's an idea. You would need they would just need to find the Pelicans then would need a center that was a good defensive center. That way, because Love obviously is not the best defensive player. Um, but I mean, they would trade so the fourth plus something for that. I yeah. I mean I could see that. I, personally, no, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't I think, think it is either. But yeah. there's also, you know, the Cavs have had that. But, you know, when you when you bring up the who, well, how can they get a veteran player or an established starter yes. for the four pick? I mean, there's not a whole lot of teams I think that you can do that with. I think they're going to trade the fourth plus Julius Randle for a big. Randle's a free agent right now, though. He's he a restricted his, free agent, I thought. Uh, I think he? He, I think he has a player option. Player we can option. check that real quick. Okay, but I'm but pretty sure he's got an option of some sorts, and he declined it. I think it's a player option. Okay. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And he so declined. Never it. mind. Never mind. They're just. I was thinking. I was thinking like the fourth pick plus one of their like role players for a big. Right. I mean, you. I think you look at. You know, they, a lot of people have talked about the Hawks because the Hawks have the eight and the ten, but you're not going to get an established veteran from the Hawks right now, right? Um, the Celtics is definitely somebody that you could look at. Um, they the the Timberwolves is somebody that's kind of around the same same boat as maybe getting some type of established player for that fourth pick. Um, but it just doesn't seem like there's David Griffin is is fielding offers. But until it, I think you also have to not only look at getting the established veteran, but who wants the fourth pick. Um, and the the common trend right now is that who's going to be the first one to get to the point guard depth mm-hmm. um, of in this draft. You know, Darius Garland is a, is a, is a very intriguing prospect. Um, Kobe white from North Carolina, a uh, very intriguing point guard prospect. So I think whoever wants that point guard prospect most is going to be the one that goes for that fourth pick with the Pelicans. I think the fourth pick is going to be the most important pick of the draft um, because of the implication, like you said. So, Pelicans are getting Zion Williamson. That's obvious. The, he's the most marketable person in the draft. So when they get him on the roster, they're going to have to surround him with people who can support him and not take over. So right. there are a lot of names out there that would come in and be a little bit of a shadow on their star player, which they're not going to want. True. I actually, I actually think that the Kevin Love pick or trade possibility is super interesting because think about Kevin Love, who he's played with when he was with. When LeBron and Kyrie were both still there, he was so pivotal and so mi- so much of their success, but he was never the guy who, you know, 
outshone LeBron. He was, it was always LeBron, Kyrie, but Kevin Love was there doing work. He was a key player to all that. He was a scapegoat, man. Kevin yeah. Love is the real like team player. He yeah. was a scapegoat for everything in Cleveland. Yeah. And those are the types of players you want to surround to support your star, who's going to be your marketable person, who's going to be the face of your franchise. I think that could be. And he's he's a just a steady veteran, too. You know, he's been injured, but he's a professional through and through. Like, he shows up to work. He does what he needs to do. Like, I know this is, like, random, but, like, I there's no, probably no way it's possible. But if the – I mean, Al Horford's a free agent. But, man, if he was on the Pelicans with Zion and them, that would be, like, the most perfect fit ever. I mean, you'd be looking – again, like, you <laughs> – so – the Celtics in this, first of all, the Celtics have three first-round picks. They're all in the mid to mid-late rounds, right? They have the 14th, the 20th, and the 22nd. Second, right. Um, so, you know, I don't I don't know if the Celtics – I think that there's other motives. You know, I don't, I don't think they're in a full – they could do like a sign-and-trade deal. But, you know, there's the cap – the salary cap imp- implications – that go into this, and we could pull up the NBA trade machine and start like right, 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 right. All but that, yeah, yeah. The the cap implications are what what shows up, and um, but I agree that would that would be I mean, you they know, just someone need like someone that like a good that fit. would yeah. be great. I agree. Um, I, but as Stewart said, like the fourth pick is definitely what we're watching. The fr- what one, two, and three are already like concrete, solid stone. We already know Zion's going first, John Morant, and then as of everyone's saying, R.J. Barrett's going third. Right. So really, it comes down to the fourth. What are the Pelicans going to do? And that that will have ripple effects throughout the rest of the pick. Like, well, it's going to make a big line. deal because the, right then the fifth pick, you know, Darius Garland is viewed as one of the best prospects, even though he didn't really play much we in college. He played like, what, right? eight games at Vandy? Y- maybe, maybe that, right? Yeah. Like, and But he's viewed as one of the best shooters in the draft. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a super major injury that kept him out. But, you know, if, if someone trades up into the fourth slot, picks Garland, then the Cavs are in a weird spot, right? Because the Cavs are really are still really bad. And they just <laughs> need to get as many <laughs> I'm good I'm glad players. you admitted that. I'm thinking no, they are thank bad. You. I'm glad but, you like, that's that. why I want to – like, the Cavs were 7-9 and nine when Kevin Love played more than 20 minutes in a game. Yeah. Which I is mean, respectable. He's still all-star level material. It, it is respectable. Yeah. And – but if the Cavs got rid of Kevin Love – it's going to be a rough couple of years. But my point being that everyone is saying that Garland's going to go to the Cavs if like the Pelicans keep the pick for for instance or something or they don't someone trades into it and doesn't pick Garland, right? Um because they're not going to add another point guard when they've got Lonzo Ball now in the backcourt with Drew Holiday. Right. So the Cavs then and my vote would be for the Cavs to go DeAndre Hunter, which is one of the best threes right behind um, uh, Zion, obviously. Uh, so yeah, yeah, good so that that's an impl- and then of course, then it's like, well, then who's the next next piece to fall? Right, there's not much falls. depth with the point guard. So, right, um, that's what I would that that that's that's a piece of piece of the puzzle there. But man, what's I mean? So the draft is exciting. Uh, we're gonna be watching it live. It's gonna be great. We're excited about that. But now let's kind of just direct our attention to. What a fun, already fun summer this has been. I mean, everyone's nuts. been saying that this summer was going to be nuts. And you're like, oh, but more nuts than last year. You're like, no way, no way, no, it's possible. And then, boom, the Lakers just dr- come out of the gate swinging with AD trade. And let me just say, this is the first time in a while that I've ever seen a true win-win situation for both teams where they, a team gives up a top-five player in the league, arguably. Yeah. And still, both teams win. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't even know how to put it. But 
maybe I'm wrong there. I, I think that like the the Pelicans got such a great haul back. I mean, you're looking at two oh, yeah. two for sure starters that could be like potential all stars in, in Ball and Ingram. In, yeah, okay. Okay. Like, I mean, there's the potential there. Yeah. But we've already at least seen some of it. They're not, like, coming out of college. We, we, we've uh, seen yeah. them play. They're yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, You have a, a great bench player, Josh Hart. And then you got two first-round picks, including the fourth pick in this draft. So, you, no, they really got three first-round picks. Picks with the swaps. I mean. And a swap. And a swap. So, I mean. I think they did great. I, they couldn't have done any better with this. I, I just think David Griffin is a mastermind, oh, dude. For sure. Like he's a mastermind. You fleeced. I think. I think, in the long term, it's it's a, it could be a win win. But like the important thing is the picks are great. Oh, they're but, great. But you also have to nail those picks too. Right? You that's, do. That's the worst. That's the downside. So of this it. fourth will be huge. This will be a deterrent. Determine like what they go. Like the. The worst case scenario, the the Pelicans absolutely lost. In a worst case scenario, because How? that's that if Lonzo AD Ball didn't want to play there, Lonzo AD did not want to play there. How did they lose? I, I'm just because, like, you have to nail the picks. They could go down. This could go down as one of the worst Whoa! trades in history for the if, Lakers or for the Pelicans. For the Pelicans, no, absolutely. Oh. Listen to me, please. Okay, I'll listen. Okay, first of all, Lonzo Ball is. At times, plays like a very borderline all star. I, I think that that would be fair. Okay. At other times, he's a hot mess. Granted, I know he's young. Okay. Josh Hart is is a solid player. Not going to amount into a whole lot at this point. <laughs> he's a three and D player but, off the like, bench at this point. Brandon, I know, Ingram, we're being Stewart in a second because I know he's ready to. He's Brandon ready to Ingram fire. has just spent could have like. Some blood clot issues, even if he's cleared, right? He's got some injury concern. Um, he might make a full recovery because he's young. He was a v- a viewed as a very good hot prospect. I mean, he's aver- he, he was averaging over 20 a game, man. He's, he's, Brandon Ingram I'm is. I'm just saying, I, again, this is worst case scenario, Waterhouse, <laughs> right, okay? Right. They could, whatever happens to this fourth pick, right? But don't forget, then they have to nail, and I mean, if you have the likelihood of this, but you have to nail then the following picks and don't forget the way that these picks are kind of set up that lebron is there um he just finished his first year so lebron is going to be there in 2020 21 and 22 is his last season right so the 20 assumingly they're not going to be in the lottery in the next three years right so all of these first round picks are great even though they're unprotected uh, or lightly protected and protected some right but the likelihood of them, like, nailing those picks and getting somebody great is, you know, like, they're not going to luck into it. See, I'm just saying worst case, We have case, different dude. versions. Worst See, case. That's all I'm saying. But worst case could be also for the Lakers. Let, they get AD back. Now they have five, six players total on their roster. They completely gutted their depth. So if they are going to try to get this max, let's say, let's say the Pelicans play nice – and they allow the Lakers to not sign this until July 30th to get that extra cap space, right? Let's say they do that. Like, even in that case scenario, let's say they get one more max player. Let's say they get Kemba Walker or Kyrie, right? I am still not like confident enough that Kyrie, LeBron, and AD with scrubs would win the finals. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm right. I'm, no, 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 I'm serious. I'm serious. I am serious? dead serious. I, I am so serious. I had to look, 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 AD. As much as I love him, 
has AD by himself ever made it, like, remotely close? He, they have a losing record with AD. Listen. Like, AD by himself. With Cousins, with AD and Cousins, yes, they made the playoffs and they got knocked out of the first round. Andrew. But let me just tell you right now, AD and Le- LeBron is getting old. LeBron might not even be that good next year. Stop it. I'm just saying, Stop guys. It. Like this could be the worst trade in the world Stop for the it. Lakers. And Stewart is get, okay. Let, let's let's get Stewart again. No, I'm telling you right now, it's, it could be the worst trade in the world for the Lakers, not the Pelicans. The Pelicans won. I'm telling you. Man, Andy, did you just say that LeBron James might not be that good this year? Next year. Yes. He, was, you're ridiculous. Those, those words just came out. <laughs> you of are ridiculous. So I, I need to acknowledge you, that. Okay, time out. I, I all I want to say. And I know that this is now two, three years removed. Stop it. Stop it, Andy. He has the most minutes played. He's going to be the most minutes played. Like, Andy. He could get hurt Andy. game 10 and be out. Andy. And guess what? The Lakers, Andy. boom. Andy, AD could. You're Zion right. Williamson could. That's what happened to Greg Oat. Like, LeBron it, it, is now injury prone. I, I, I get it. I get it. I'm done. Oh, no, I hope one so. One injury makes you injury prone. Because you're just yelling right now. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is LeBron James – Again, I recognize two, three years ago he did this. But LeBron James took a bunch of scrubs, Mm -hmm. like scrubs, to the NBA Finals against a prime Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Mm -hmm. Steph Curry, and almost drug them through the Finals. One game. I'm talking about 2015. Oh. When Love and Kyrie Irving were out. He drugged. Yeah. He was the only one to ever lead him in that's, five look, stat dude, categories. Dude, that's like the end of his prime. Dude, he's stop not, it. I'm telling you, he's 34. He is 34. He could literally, like, he's going to drop this Andy. year. He's going to drop this year. Andy, I recognize that. Stuart needs to come in here. No, Stuart, Stuart and I are on the same boat here. You are, are acting ridiculous. <laughs> I just can't believe that LeBron James is going to be not that great next year. He, Yes, he's 34. But he also added a person that allows him to reduce some of his minutes. I think AD, yes, you can say any injury risk is always a concern for anybody, any team in the entire country. But you don't trade people hoping that they're, you know, thinking that they're going to get injured. You trade people hoping that they're not. So, assuming everybody stays healthy, I think AD allows LeBron, yes, to not have to bury, you know, or bear so much of that load. Yes, they have some scrubs around them, but they kept Kyle Kuzma in that trade, and I still can't believe that they, that Kyle Kuzma was not a part of that trade. I was floored. So, that's, he's going to be a for sure all star in the near future. I want to add this point. Don't forget that the Heat, the, the Heat were also in this situation when they had Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James, and they were going to fill their bench out with scrubs. Well, turns out Ray Allen wasn't so much of a scrub, even though he was 36, and he could still rain buckets, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't care who you put around LeBron James and AD. If they are both healthy, they will go to the playoffs, and they will be pushing for a top-four seed if it was just LeBron and AD. They don't need someone else. They will be a top-four seed seed in the playoffs if it was just them and a bunch of quote unquote scrubs because don't sit here and tell me that somebody's not going to just play for a one-year contract for three million dollars live in la and hang out with them for the whole season 
You know, who's to say that Rajon Rondo's not going to come back for a, a year? Rajon Rondo would be a great fit for that team. A, mm-hmm. An above-average guard defender? Are you serious? And you're looking at me crazy. We might have to agree to disagree on this and wait We're until, like, free, free agency shakes out. But yes. I'm telling you right now, like, AD and LeBron, I'm just saying that from a Pelicans could, I don't think they will because with that many draft picks, you really can't blow it. But I'm just saying that the 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 Pelicans are just putting they're mortgaging their future or they're not mortgaging their future they're they're delaying everything to the future and um, would I, it be I, I just, would it be too crazy to say the Pelicans might be a better team next year than the Lakers? All right, yes, it's to move on. it is one hundred percent. All right, all right, it's time to move on. It's time to move on because I'm going kind of crazy. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. I think the Pelicans I, will be a better team. You already did. Yep. I, I, you think, I think the Pelicans have gr- great potential, depending on what happens with the fourth pick, to yeah. be um, an They're gonna be eight, deeper. like a 7-8 team. But, well, because, but that's where they're already at, right? So they actually if – they, if they're able to maintain where they've been and be at the bottom of – like in the p- true middle of the Western Conference, then it's a pure win because oh, if sure. you're there, plus you got all these assets in the future that you can either A, trade, because don't forget, you can always trade those picks again. Um, but I think we should go through some of the, the Yeah, let's, the let's do quick some hit, like rapid fire quick with hit this, some of these things. I know we, we've been talking forever. Uh, let's first start with the Rockets, that whole situation. Divorce, but not divorce. Last time, last thing I was seeing that there's no way that they can trade Chris Paul. I mean, there's just like no... I mean, who's going to want to take Paul? him? Mm-hmm. 34-year-old right. with a f- getting paid almost $40 million a year. Injuries. Injuries. I, do, do the Rockets implode next year? Um, and Well, everything that's been – we've heard both sides. Um, I don't think that they implode. Um, I think you look at some of the free agencies and things like that. Um, they have some free agency um, question marks. Um, but, uh, you know, I think – I think there's just a lot of uncertainty with the Rockets. You know, who's to say that the Rockets don't make some big trade and send, you know, um, for that fourth pick somehow with the Pelicans? I don't think it'd be smart, but they could. Yeah, I don't see a lot of upside yeah. for the Rockets it, next year. Yeah, I, don't, I think I think their time might be coming to an end. They'll keep James Harden, but yeah. I think I think their time's coming to an end. Stuart, tell me tell me what you think about the Rockets or the Raptors? Excuse me. So Kawhi is he gonna stay and is he or is he gonna go? And then tell me if he stays. Well, just tell me that. Is he going to stay or is he going to go, Stuart? I think he stays. At least I think he should stay. Andy, what do you think? Uh, I think he also stays. I mean, if he's going to go, he's going to go to the Clippers. There's no other team. But in my opinion, when you just won a country's first NBA championship. He put the country on his back, though. Exactly. So – when, when you're going to leave that team, who also still has one year left with all their contracts going on, could absolutely just run it back, do the exact same thing again, win another one for this country. So he has an entire country who's a bunch of new basketball fans are in Canada now. Um, but he's going to go to the Clippers, which, yes, I understand that's his hometown, but they're going to be the third most marketable out of the four teams in California, only above the Sacramento Kings. Right. The Lakers are going to beat them out, and then the Warriors are – even if it's an off year, they're still going to be. I mean, they still have Steph Curry. I mean, yeah. and again, who's who's to say that they don't renounce the rights to Dra- uh, Durant, Durant, and then they sign like someone like Kimball Walker or For like sure. Jimmy Butler or somebody, right? Like this could maybe not be a complete like 
redshirt year for mm-hmm. the Warriors, potentially, because if they let – I don't think they're going to let Clay go, but um, t- not to get off track, even though that's our next point. But um, I like the I, – I think Kawhi – I want him to stay. I like the balance of the East and how, you know, the mm-hmm. East is coming back into some power. Um, I mean, how do you say no to a whole country mm-hmm. um, that, that you're leading? Um, you know, the most intriguing thing is I think he's probably the most likely situation if I had to put money on it and logical would be he's going to do some type of one-in-one contract that yep. LeBron has pioneered. His whole supporting cast is all coming up into contract years in – uh, after the 2020 season mm-hmm. of Baca, Lowry, Van Vliet, Gasol, yeah. Siakam, they're all up for contract renewals then, right? So you got a whole nother year. You can run it back. The The, the West is even more uncertain than, it, you know. So I, I think it just makes sense that, that he stays on that one-and-one. And one. then his long-term deal, um, you know, he can get an extra 30, 40 million on top of his long-term deal because he's going to be then nine or ten years in instead of just eight, seven or eight. So for sure. I know um, with the Warriors, I mean, I think that we both agree that they they could not. I mean, it maybe isn't a retro year, but I think that I think Clay. Obviously, I think everyone's pretty confident Clay's coming back. Yeah, regardless, he, he'll resign. Uh, but obviously, I don't think he'll play next year. Of course, well, yeah, I, I mean, he might come at the very end, depending yeah. on playoffs. He se- he seems like a robot. Um, yeah, oh yeah, you know, for sure. You know, we go back to like AP and how AP uh, in the NFL came back really early. Uh, and I think Clay could easily be a candidate to do something like that. Oh, for sure. Um, so they're, they're going to re-sign Clay, but I think you know, like, there's two reports. One is Durant maybe coming back and like coming back for sure, or he maybe he comes back and then they trade him. A sign and trade would be nuts. That would be nuts. I, but I mean, think about though. I think about the return dude, that the what Warriors if, what could if, get. What if the Warriors signed Durant and then traded him to the Knicks for the number three pick? Then you put you put like an R.J. Barrett with that's or, not or, enough money. That's not or, enough though. It's not even close well, to enough. I know it's not enough, right? But I, it's just like that would the be Knicks, the key to the package, though. The, like they wouldn't, the Warriors wouldn't let the Knicks just keep the third pick this year and give them Durant, right? No, like, I mean if anything, the the Knicks don't have enough pieces to trade. Like I don't know why the Warriors would do that. There, I, there is no, there's not enough value in sign and trade. It would just be better to renounce the rights and get that money and be able to do something else. True. I think that would be a better option for them. Um, Celtics, crazy scenario there. I did not – I can't lie. I did not see Horford just saying – Horford Deuces. is just like a team guy. And, like, how in the world did he – why is he opting out? Dude, I, if this I, – Does he, like, like Kyrie that much that he wants to leave with him? The the the, the – the team to implode this year is going to be it could be the Celtics. Oh, for you know, sure. I think I think Horford is way more important to the Ir- to the Celtics than Irving. Well, I felt good. I actually was excited for Kyrie to leave, and then for Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum to like have more opportunities to develop with Horford still being there. But now with Horford leaving, I just don't. I just can't see. I mean, and Hayward, Hayward, like, hear me out on this. Like they, they 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 showed the stats of Hayward's first year back with Paul George's first year back, and they were very similar. So I th- I I think we're gonna see a year two bounce back of Hayward, like where yeah. he's gonna average close to twenty and be that kind of defensive player that he was. Um, yeah. So I still think the Celtics will be good. Now, if but if Horford leaves, there's no way they can compete with Toronto, mm-hmm. Milwaukee. 
Philly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, even I, Indiana, I right. don't know if they would. So because they're getting Oladipo back, yep. in, in Indiana, right? Yep. Like, and Indiana was a playoff team, and and like the Without they were the four them. seed, right. right? I think they were the four, and the Celtics were the five, or vice versa. But either way, I mean, they, but yeah. yeah, I think I think the Celtics are the most intriguing team. You know, like oh yeah, there I mean, is so much disappointment. There around is. that team with the failure trade with Irving, right? Yep. They missed out on the, on the package for AD. Like the the they have lots of future picks. Um, you know, I I just think that that's there's so many uh the variables. Um, there are, up. and my brother, uh, like I mean, we were just talking really quick, like the. It's just like going back. Does Danny Age regret signing for Kyrie in that moment? And it's like, trading. No. you know, it's like, you know, like trading. I was like, no, like, I mean, obviously, like, sadly, like, look at what happened to Isaiah Thomas. Like, in the in the grand scheme of things, it was the right move. Mm-hmm. But now you, didn't, you just didn't know that Kyrie was just going to be so. Right. There, are, There's a huge. I, I do want to spend a little bit of time. And this goes this uh, while we're on the East topic real quick. We can also make the point that the Bucks and yes. the 76ers, there's just so much power switching could happen. Oh, yeah. Because the Bucks have. The, uh, Brogdon, Lopez, Middleton, and Miritich, practically four of their top six or seven players are free agents this yes. year, right? And with the 76ers, you know, Jimmy Butler, J.J. Redick, and Tobias Harris are all free agents this year, right? So, like, you're literally taking that seven of the top probably ten players from the Sixers and Bucks combined. Are free agents. Are free agents, right? right? And there's no guarantee they re-sign. They're going to want to do their own thing. You know, who do they re-sign with? Like, there's so much flexibility. And then the Raptors are in flux with Kawhi, right? right. And the Celtics are, like, literally the East power oh, is, it's, it's is, but no one wants to talk about the East because there's no, no but stars. The East, I mean, but the East this year gained relevance again because now they have yes. at least four teams. Ha- in, well. Ha-ish that, that are, I, that's why I, like, go back to Kawhi, like, Kawhi, stay, man. Like, the 76ers, there's no way. I, I, I fully believe there's no way they can keep all five. I think either Butler or Harris leaves. They're going to keep Reddick because Reddick is such a mainstay for them. But Reddick, w- wouldn't Reddick be a perfect fit for the Lakers? Oh, for sure. Right. So, like, I, I just oh, think absolutely. that the, se- the 76ers are going to lose out. Um, you know, I don't. There's, the I, th- I just think there's so many. If you look at each and every one of these individual players, and maybe this is like our next topic, right? We can look at the individual players right. and and what's going to happen to them. Brogdon but would be perfect for the Lakers, but they're <laughs> going to keep the Bucks will keep Brogdon, Middleton. They're going to lose Lopez, I think. Right, and I, I just think the last thing I do want to touch on is the the, the Grizzlies. Uh, Grizzlies and the Jazz trade. <sighs> um, you know, the Jazz gave up. Um, Quite a bit. Quite a bit. And and Andy and I are at kind of polar opposites here. I think <laughs> he, he really thinks that the Jazz are at a low um, uh, – at a loss for this one. You know, the Jazz – the trade – the Grizzlies got Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder, the 23rd pick tonight, and then a protected 2020 first-round pick from the um, – the Grizzlies got that from the Jazz. Yes. Uh, and then the Jazz got Conley. Mike Conley Jr. I – here, here's why I think that they, the Jazz, kind of screwed themselves in this one. I think they they lost depth because whether we want to agree or not here, I think that Jake Crowder at least on some level is a starter. 
on most know. teams, he's a starting most power teams. forward or small most, forward. Most teams, okay. His defense is phenomenal. Most he teams. is a system player. There's no doubt. Most like, teams. Most teams. <laughs> um, I I know some people hate him, but like I I always thought like Grayson Allen had like he has potential to be great. Yeah. Like I mean, not like all star level, but like great. Um, and then obviously Corver is a bench player, but I I just Mike Conley to me is another intriguing, mysterious player who is injury prone and the Grizzlies just haven't been relevant in a long time now, it feels like. And I, I don't know, I just doesn't seem like t- to trade all that for a guy who's 31, injury prone, I, I don't know. I, just, I don't see, yeah. I see, I, I just think that the Jazz should have gone more like the Tobias Harris route. Yeah. Well, here's, here's, here's two things to consider. First of all, um, if you're wondering why would the Grizzly trade Conley, so first of all, the Grizzlies are pretty much in full rebuild. They got rid of Marcus uh, right. Marcus Sol to the Raptors in mid season this year, right? Um, they were looking. They needed to get. They were going to get rid of Conley. Conley's their franchise pl- uh, leader in like points and assists, steals um, and I steals mean, things yeah. like that, right? Oh, yeah. He's been a, a, a Memphis Grizz through and through. But the Grizzlies, they're drafting John Morant tonight, like for sure. So there's no Murray point State? having having Conley, you know, in the same team as Morant so that they're having to move on um from the Grizzlies but if you're the Jazz you are witnessing the effect of Kawhi Leonard you're witnessing the effect of Kyle Lowry I would say that Mike Conley is very similar to Kyle Lowry somebody yeah. who's not who's going to do a lot of the little things he's not overly great at a lot of things or like is tremendous at right. some right like just a really solid overall all-around player. He can sh- and I think he's he's his shot's pretty good too. And yeah, he, I mean he's a, he's a good shooter. But what you d- and and this is also a, a a sign of not only the Kawhi effect but also the injury effect. I think the wet teams in the West have smelled blood. The ra- the Jazz were a good team, right? Without Mike Conley, right? right? The the Jazz. Played the Rockets and it was pretty embarrassing for the Jazz. They they got if I remember it was like a four four, four one, one maybe yeah, yeah. Uh, off the top of my head, but the Jazz are going for it. Their window of winning is like two years. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's contract is up soon. Gobert's right. contract is up soon, um, and Conley has two more years left on his deal. You know the Jazz are going for it. They had the opportunity to get somebody they needed. It's a huge upgrade over Ricky Rubio. You know, the only downside for the Jazz is it's very short term, and they're losing depth. Right. But we'll see. They they don't have enough money for a big-time free agent, but they still have two mid-level exceptions that they could use to yep. surround, you know, obviously, like, you still have Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and, and now Mike. I mean, you have a nice big three. Really, I mean, even Joe Ingles. I like Joe Ingles. He's, you know, he's just kind of a funny dude. But they're they're definitely a contender there. I mean, like right now, without with obviously we're about to you know witness the draft and see a lot of things happen. Without really going too far into predictions, I mean, I would put the 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 Jazz and the Nuggets and the Trailblazers as like the top three ish with the Lakers, depending on what the Lakers do. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to come back. Like we, We're going to have to come back later. we, we got to come back section. after the draft. Maybe we can meet right before uh, free agency officially opens for the draft and, and, and send out another one. 
um, and and talk big. about it because there's all these free agents, and the draft <laughs> has a large impact, I think, on where free agents are going to be headed. Well, that's I'm excited to see where that fourth pick. We'll Andy, it's been real, man. This is this is a blast. It was I d- a blast. I do miss this. We we haven't done this in a while, and we just wanted to do it big. I know mean, this is more of like almost an hour long, but we I mean, it was great. I mean, we it's yeah. been a long time. Well, I mean, there's just a lot. There's a lot of content to cover, dude. <laughs> and if, if anyone's following this, dude, uh, we appreciate the love. Um, we are, we, I think we are going to make a commitment. You know, I, I'm not coaching in the fall. Right. Um, so I, I think I'm going to be a lot more flexible. I think we're definitely going to try. I'm here in Louisville this summer. Last year I was in the, near Cincinnati and right. Kentucky. So like, um, I, I think we're, I, I think I'm going to be able to commit to this as long as you can find time for your Yeah. Friend. Yeah. You know, you're going to be a doctor in a couple of years. So like, I know, um, you know, are you going to be able to <coughs> oh, remember well, us a small, let's be Dr. House and Holtz. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like go. that. You like that? Like that? I do. But it's been it's been real. Thank you all for listening and uh, watch the drafts. We'll see what.